The word does not change. I change not. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. If this gospel was good enough, when this church first founded, I feel the Holy Ghost. I don't know why I'm saying that. It's good enough now. We shouldn't have to bring in new philosophies. We shouldn't have to bring in new ideas. Well, Brother Lane, I think you ought to have such and such this and such and such that and do it such and such. I just have to know one thing. God says, worship me in spirit and in truth. He gives you the spirit to worship and he gives you the word to walk for him. He never said for us to put up lights in this church. He never said to have long-haired hippies playing on guitars. And I'm not knocking long-haired hippies. He never said, let's do what the rest of the church world is doing. We're going to do what it always done. I'm being honest, praise God. If it was just a word for me, then that's all it is. But I don't want you to change the word. I don't want you to change the message. We're living in a time where the message is so, so precious. The word is so precious. Because men have changed it. They have turned it around to make it mean something else. Listen, when we were first serving the Lord, some of you might remember, we used to blush when we see a woman with a bikini. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Now we see it on TV. They advertise it on, on the commercials. Oh, something's wrong. We used to get angry when we hear somebody blaspheme the name of Jesus. We'd be grieved for a week. But not, not in the day. We're in a time where God is not lifted up. I'm not, we got a lot of churches, okay? We just don't got a lot of Jesus. We just don't have a lot of messages. I want to go back to the root of the gospel, okay, this morning. I want to call it the old rugged cross. Come on, somebody. Turn me to Isaiah 53. You know, the Jewish people, till today, denounce Jesus. They, they, they don't want to do it. Isaiah 53 is written out of their text. They don't use it. They, they just void it. Because you know why? Because it's very plain who this Messiah, this soul-saving, this Redeemer is. I need my glasses ready. <laughs> We're living in a time where the gospel is not being preached. You know what I'm saying? The message of the cross is not mentioned. Now, let me tell you what we're doing wrong with that message, okay? We're placing the worship on an object, but not on the sacrifice. Listen to me. When we talk about the cross, we're not talking about wooden beams. Listen, I was thinking about that while I was getting ready to prepare for that. Excuse me, get my water. <laughs> that when you go into a Walmart or you go to even Mardell's, they always portray the cross on a hill in a grassy meadow. It looks like a peaceful thing. You notice that? Mm -hmm. Or 
you see a picture of lights coming out from the back of the cross, and it's, it looks good. People put it up in their yard. They wear it on their neck. I'm not against that. <laughs> That's not what I'm preaching about. But I've put more emphasis upon the beams and not on the sacrifice. The Lord told me a while back when I was talking about the brazen altar, I was, I, he spoke to my heart. Most people come to that altar, but they're always burning the same sacrifice. They're not leaving knowing that the sacrifice was sufficient enough. So they have no trust in the sacrifice, so we got to invent something else, Lord. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. We got to make something we can see visually that we can worship. Who was Moses with his golden snake? They ended up destroying it because they had worshiped that snake. But it's never meant to worship. It was a symbol, right? It was a symbol of what God was going to do. See, that God started killing people with snake bites. They didn't want to serve him. So the Lord said, make a golden snake and put it up on a pole. And when the people look at it, they're going to, they, they, they're going to be all right. When we go, my God, hallelujah. When we look at the cross, we don't see. We don't see the beams. We don't see the wood. Listen, the Catholic Church claims to have a, Every church, I don't know if that's true or not, but they, they say it, has a piece of the cross. And if that was true, that don't mean that's going to redeem anybody. It's a piece of wood. I'm going to give you a, a picture of the cross that maybe you never saw before. This thing was dark. It was a torturing instrument. It was an instrument that produced blood. My Lord, they nailed my Jesus to an old piece of wood, man. There was nothing glorious about the cross. There was nothing glorious about, my God, hallelujah. There was nothing glorious about the beams. That those beams were just a torturing instrument. That it was a judgmental. It was anybody that was cursed was hanging on the tree. That's what the Bible says. Cursed is anybody that hangs. Jesus took my curse and your curse and he nailed it to the tree. I used died in your place, Yvette. Pam, mom, all of y'all. He was dying in your place. The cross, the nails are your nails. Hallelujah. Those, those thorns are your net thorns. Hallelujah. The beating that he took unmercifully was your beatings. Hallelujah. My God. When we look at it, we look at the cross, we see it as a symbol of light. Now, let me, let, me, let me clarify myself. I'm not talking about the sacrifice. I'm talking about the beams that he was nailed to. It was dark that day. <laughs> our Lord was dying for our sins. My God, I don't know if you're getting this this morning. When I kneel down, Sister Madeline, when I kneel down, I got to see that. I got to see it. I got to see the great sacrifice. You know, why do people keep coming back? Oh, Lord, I repent. I go back and I do it again. Because they don't have an emphasis upon the sacrifice. Come on. They, they think if I feel a goosebump, then I, then I must touch God. That's not what I'm talking about. Goosebumps don't save anybody. It's faith in what he did that saves people. 
That old cross, that old rugged cross was a dark place. Listen, you have Jesus in the middle. You got the two thieves. I mean, you don't imagine the torture these people were going through. I mean, the pain that was raging in their bodies. We should never worship a cross. Never. We use the term, I preach the cross. And that don't mean you preach the cross. You preach the sacrifice. You preach what Jesus did. That's where the atonement comes. And most people, they get off in it and they almost start making it like a religion. Everybody got to use the same term. I preach, we got to preach the cross. Preach, and never explain, what, what are you talking about, preach the cross? You got to preach the sacrifice. We use the term, nothing wrong with it. Listen, praise God. Listen, don't think I'm picking on people. I'm not. But we can say it so often and we can forget about what is the true worship, right? We can forget about who is the center of worship. What should we be looking at? Isaiah 53. He who's believed our, this king, the new King James. You know, I told my brother one time. <laughs> I went to uh, Arkansas, the uh, Passion Play. Went to the Bible Museum. And he likes to use the US ESV. And that's, that's him. That's a, you know, word for word. I looked at him. I said, you know what? I saw some old Bibles. I didn't see one ESV. <laughs> oh, I said, give it time. <laughs> give it time. <laughs> no, but the Word of God was there. And it was written, and the history proved it. If you ever go out there, go into that Bible museum and look. That's really what I want, Jansen, tell you. That's what I wanted to see. An old Geneva Bible, a Gutenberg Bible. Come on, somebody. Listen, I'd like to know what them pilgrims were reading, man. Seriously. I doubt if I'd get the original one because they changed things so much. But I'd like to have one. I'd like to have one when they were traveling against the storms in the Atlantic, when they were facing death, and they opened. My God shall supply all my needs according to they, and, and they read what Jesus said. Peace be still. You know what I'm saying? Things like that. You, know, you got to remember the word of God has never changed. Man is trying to change it. We got a gay Bible now. Come on. Now they got the mess Bible. I mean the message Bible. It's nothing but a mess. Why, listen, why was it good enough when we first started? Why do we have to change it? I sat, I sat in here a long time and man, that old King James Bible, brother. <laughs> Thank God for the King James Bible. I heard that somebody found the, uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls. I said, you know they tested that? The Bible that lines up with it the most is the King James Bible. Huh? I use the new King James. It's a little easier to read, but word for word translate. But the King James was the original, original Bible. The King, not when, I'm not saying if you don't use the King James, you're not safe. Come on, listen. I'm saying is that the word has never changed. When they started in the book of Acts, it said, they all came in one place in one accord. That don't mean they had an automobile in there. <laughs> one accord, you got it? Oh, well, never mind. <laughs> They stood up, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. 
And the fire of God came upon them. And they, they heard every man speak in an unknown tongue. Now, I thought about that very thing. Listen, I'm going to read this, but I'm not going to keep you that long, but I feel the Holy Ghost may be going. But you, can, you ever sat in the midst of a lot of people and tried to hear what they're saying? You can't even make out nothing. But here, <laughs> here they're preaching on the day of Pentecost, and everybody heard everybody in their own language. That's powerful. Huh? Hallelujah. Oh, poor back. <laughs> I thought about that over and I said, how? It's the power of the Holy Spirit that spoke that day. And, you know, Peter preached about Joel. He said, Joel talked about in the last days, God has poured his spirit upon all flesh. Young men shall have dreams. Old men shall have visions. Brother, you better get ready to meet you. Old men shall have visions. Young men shall have dreams. And I'm <laughs> And listen, God's moving. God planted the Holy Spirit. Listen, if a church don't preach the Holy Ghost, it is not a church of God. Now, if people listen to me, they can get mad all they want. If the Holy Ghost is not present to manifest himself, it is not a church of God. It's religion. It's religion. Okay. First one says, who has believed our report? This is, this is Isaiah prophesying. To whom is the Lord's, to whom has the, the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before us as a tender plant. You know who he's talking about? That tender plant is? Jesus. He shall grow up before us as a tender plant. And I like, the, the Lord ministered to me on this verse when he says, and as a root out of a dry ground, he has no form of commonness. And when they see him, nobody will see his beauty. There's no beauty that we should desire. Listen, when Jesus showed up, God was not speaking. When Jesus showed up, the Holy Ghost had left, Lord. My God. It was just a dry ground. The Jewish people had their clothes on, their religious clothing on. They had their little boxes. They wrapped the scriptures around them, but they didn't know God. It was a dry ground. God wasn't moving. From the time of Alexander the Great, maybe, or not Alexander the Great, from, uh, from Malachi to Matthew's about 400 years. You know, God never spoke. Oh, they had a lot of religion, but no spirit. 400 years of dry famine. I'm talking spiritually now. There was no, my Lord. That's why I'm saying this morning, Lord, it's important that we leave here with the word of God, my brother. It's important that we leave here with the word of God. You got to get out them doors. You didn't just come here to hear a good message. You came to go share it with somebody else. And when you go looking at, looking at world, you're saying, that's, that's the problem. People don't want God. People don't want to hear God. This dry ground, this very dry ground I'm talking about, when the, when the Lord came, the Lord Jesus was the Jewish people. <laughs> he was despised and rejected by men. Go read the Gospels and tell me that the religious people didn't despise him and rejected him. We don't want him. He's a blasphemer. 
Nicodemus, a fine man. I really believe Nicodemus got saved. I really do. But he came to Jesus by night. He said, Lord, there's no way you can do those things unless God's with you. I mean, you're doing some powerful stuff. And Nicodemus gave him that, you know. And all of a sudden, Jesus said, except a man be born again. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like he just jumped away from the subject. <laughs> you know? He could say, oh, yeah, you're right, Nicodemus. I'm, 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 I'm the prophet. I'm the Messiah. He went after Nicodemus' heart. Come on, somebody. He went after Nicodemus' heart. Said, Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time in his mother's womb? He said, unless you're born of water and the spirit. For those that believe in baptism, that wasn't water baptism. You got to be born physically with water. From water. To be born again. Because you never have a physical word. You don't have to worry about a spiritual word. You ain't there. You got to be born of water and of the spirit. The wind blow it where it wishes. And you hear the sound thereof. But you know not where it goes. That's what the scriptures say. And Nicodemus probably flabbergasted about the time. <laughs> Nicodemus is sitting out there and he's looking at Jesus and he's saying, What kind of nut is this? What wisdom is this? Where he got that kind of knowledge? The religious people never told, talked about that. I know I go to church. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I go to Sanhedrin. I sit in their council. They, they never said anything about being born again. Somebody or listen to me this morning. <laughs> they never talked about it. Oh, they got up and they, Lord, they, they they read their little scriptures and they sat down and another one got up and he read and he said, Amen, brother. And go get and you know, listen. <laughs> and I, listen, I'm not knocking Baptists, I, lo I love them. I went to a Baptist church one time, and listen, you talk about as cold and as miserable. All you hear is and I said, What is the world is that? <laughs> they were they were playing some kind of music. It wasn't even worse. It was just, I guess it was church music. Now, that might have been good enough back then. And if that's what God wants, dear Lord, you have to learn some, uh, some opera or something. Hallelujah. Some, uh, some Mozart. What would you call him? Mozart. Mozart. <laughs> no. <laughs> but <laughs> we need to know that God is speaking. And he has to speak to his church. He sent his son. To die on an old cross. You'll never look, like, look at the cross ever again like you're looking at it. Because it is not something pleasant. The blood ran down that cross. Right? Let me tell you, brother. It dripped down the back of his body. It, it poured out to the, to the ground. My God. And in and, and the agony, his body could have been... Shaking, man, the, the, the pain that was in his. And you know what? He never said, Lord, he could have did it. Deliver me. But he didn't. Just think if he would have. No use us be here this morning. Come on, somebody. There's no use we be here this morning. There's no use we stand up and proclaim Jesus because we're all lost. If Jesus would have stepped down off that cross, even the, uh, even the Pharisees, if he be the son of God, can make, come down. And we worship. They weren't going to worship him. They didn't made their mind up that they was going to defy him. 
And they were mocking him, spitting on him. Nailed him to an old cross. Let me tell you something. The Romans activated the crucifixion, but the Jews nailed him there. Now, we had a while back where the Passion of the Christ that came out, and there was an argument about, are you saying the Jews killed Jesus? Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Because remember, Pharaoh wanted to let him go. <laughs> and he, they chose a murderer. My God. Today, some people didn't go to church because they, so, they chose a new religion of America called football. They chose a useless, time-exuming, money-wasting. Come on, somebody. Now, I'm not, I'm not knocking people that want to watch football. Listen to me. I, I, I'm just pulling away from it because I used to like the entertainment of it. Seriously, I'm not going to lie to you, but it's coming to the point, brother. The Lord showed me that is nothing but a religion. Do you know that's the only organization in the world, NFL, that doesn't, they're not taxed? I said, I can't believe that. They're, they don't, they don't, the government don't tax them, but they take our money to build those stadiums. But the, 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 the corporation... Doesn't, they don't charge them taxes. They don't cut them taxes. You know why? Because it's a religion. That's what it is. And believe me, I have friends that watch it. I try to tell my son, I should get away from that son. You know, I, I try, I, 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 listen, I want to know God. <laughs> I don't want to. Listen, Jesus said that if we call upon him. You know, something came to mind that day, Yvette, was, Oh, draw me, Lord. Oh, draw me, Lord. Oh, draw me, Lord. And I'll run after you. Oh, draw me, Lord. My God. Oh, draw me, Lord. Oh, draw me, Lord. And I'll run after you. That's what I'm talking about. I don't, want to, I don't want to draw to the dictates of this world. The scripture that came to mind, I was praying, I said, Love not the world, or be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and perfect and, and acceptable will of God. Listen, God is calling us to Him. Amen? Amen. But let me finish. I, I'm, not, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm, I'm going to read to about uh, verse 12. And verse 3, now, chapter 53. He, he was despised and rejected of man, a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from my God. <laughs> That'll preach, man. <laughs> How many of you call, God is calling you and you're hiding your face? God is saying, come back to me. Draw, draw back to me. You know what? If you have some, some serious sins in your life, God is a restorer. Come on. God is willing to forgive. When I look at the scriptures, I say the gifts of calling of God are without repentance. That means it, God doesn't change. If you walk away from God, you come back, you're going back into the calling that he called you. He doesn't change. You change. I change. But God doesn't change. His word is still the same. Some of you are called to pray for this church. And if you don't do it, you're disobeying, you're disobeying God. Well, I don't want to pray for the church. I got better things. Well, listen, you're going to fight God for it. 
Because God needs intercessors. Come on, I thought Boogie this morning went a little long. What was, what was, what was wrong with Boogie, brother? <laughs> First time we came back, and, and you know what? Jed is told to tell me that we've been here a year back already. A whole year. Yeah. <laughs> and Boogie. <laughs> The first Bible teaching boogie got up here 10 minutes. That was his top. That was it. <laughs> 10 minutes. <laughs> but now he's starting to feel the word, starting to understand. He got a lot in there he wants to, to bring out. God reveals. You gotta, you gotta, the more word God in you, the more you're going to tell somebody. The, uh, <laughs> the more word you have in you. Listen, if you're just a church Christian and you never pick up a Bible, you never pray, you never, don't expect to say anything about the Lord because you got to eat that word. I remember the scroll, it's, it's Ezekiel or Isaiah, no Ezekiel. He told Ezekiel, he showed him a scroll, he said, take that scroll and eat it. Eat it. It's going to be bitter in your, your stomach, but sweet in your mouth. <laughs> oh, oh. That word is sweet, but man, when that thing starts turning inside, listen, it don't feel good. And God says, I said the other day about spiritual castor oil. That's what it's like, amen. Hallelujah. Hey, it starts turning and starts churning and banging against your stomach back and forth. But man, when it, I don't want to say, when it comes out, man, oh, we all right. Listen, I said sometimes, listen, I remember one time a lady came to my house. Her shoulder was injured. And Janice was there. I'm going to tell you who it was, but I prayed for her. We prayed for her. Man, the presence of God came down. She was healed. But I went in my bathroom where I used to pray, and he was still there. <laughs> oh, I got so scared. Man, what's this? Man, I said, I better get out of here. God might appear. <laughs> it was so real. I told that story the other day when I, I had that experience about three, four months ago where I was praying in my little corner. And, man, something hit me, man. There was just a power of God in between them, them two closets. I had one window, and I was praying. I was praying. I got scared. I got scared. You, you can call me a liar if you want. Till today, I don't understand it. I was sitting in my chair, and when I shook myself, I was laying on the side of her. I said to myself, wait a minute. Does the Bible say God transferred Philip? After he baptized the eunuch to another city to preach the gospel. Yeah. I had a little rapture. <laughs> it was, and I'm not lying to you, man. I, that happened to me. My Lord. But the, the thing is that God was trying to show me, Lord, that he was in this. My God. A few more minutes, okay? Let me give me a few more minutes. Come on, someone. <laughs> oh, y'all, y'all just some religious people, hallelujah. Y'all don't have fun. <laughs> Everybody on 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 30, 40. <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm almost finished. Amen. I like these scriptures. And they hid as a face from him. They tried to ignore him. They tried to reject him. They tried not to go. But he was just getting popular. He was just, the people were following him. They were, seeing, they were seeing something was going on. We got to get rid of this guy. He's going to mess our religion up, right? Huh? He's, he's going to mess up our system, Lloyd. But Alan, 
He's going he's gonna to come in and change our comfortable lives. Our religious lives, I mean, everybody's bowing to us. Oh, this is men of God. Oh, Father so-and-so and Rabbi so-and-so and blah, 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 blah. But he said here, he was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs. Who's he talking about? Jesus. I want you to listen. I want you to see it. I want you to picture in your mind what's happening. He is dying on the cross. He has bored our griefs. I see so many people out of peace with God. You know why? Because they're not coming to that cross. Not the beam, the sacrifice. God wants to give us peace. He's the God of peace. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Verse 4. Yet he is, they esteem him stricken, smitten by God, afflicted. They call him a blasphemer. This man is of Satan. Surely he, he can't be of God if he don't think like us. If he don't dress like us. If he don't comb his hair like us. If he don't wear a bun like us. <laughs> now I'm not picking on people. I'm just trying to make a point, okay? The other, but you know, Jen, but last year, no, I was going to you would be here. But 15, 16 months ago, there was a man that came to church on Zimbabwe Bridge. And look, Jeannie, I'm telling you, I looked at him. He was ragtagged. I mean, look, he just crawled under a rock. I didn't see nobody go to him. But maybe it was for me. The Lord said, Son, that's what my grace is about. He come out of the world. What you expect him to smell like? He's going to smell like the world. He's going to smell the alcohol. He's going to smell the cigarettes. He's going to smell the adultery. He's going to smell the fornication. That's come, but he's in church because of a reason. That's what my grace is about. I want to forgive him. I want to wash them sins from his life. I was so shameless. I felt about this small. I don't want to ever do that again, Gene. When somebody's crying out, man, you don't turn because he smells wrong or he looks wrong. God tells you, tell him I love him. I want to save him. I turn from his sins and I'll forgive him. I said, man, man, man. The lessons I've learned in the last, I guess, about two, three years, man, it's just, it was just things profound. And I thought about that. That's what God's Lord said. That's my grace, son. That's what my grace does. He forgave me. I was a chief among sinners. Now I'm religious and I can look down on him because, you know, I'm a church Christian. No, you can't. Now I know some people don't want to, somebody don't want to turn to God. I understand that, making a show of God. But for those that are seeking and searching, forgiveness is there. He was wounded for our transgressions. For what? For, listen to the message. He was wounded for our transgressions. He died and took the beatings that he did for your sins. That's why I don't look at the cross. When people start, start saying, well, yeah, I had a little guy tell me that the other day. I was, I was, me and Isaac was, me and Boogie went and delivered dirt to a little apostolic church. 
I looked at that little preacher. I said, you know what? I said, I believe the cross is enough. Let me tell you what he told me. I don't believe the cross is enough. Boogie's back there. I'm not lying, brother. He, he would go haul some dirt for him. He had his street name, uh, Acts 2.38. You know, repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. And next time I'm going to see him, I said, you know what? If there wasn't a John 3.16, there would have never been an Acts 3.38. Because John, Acts 3.38 is what, a reflection of John 3.16. Jesus, Paul said it very clear. He says he, he was buried with me in baptism and he rose to the newness of life. So when we look at baptism, we look at it as a reflection of the cross. The death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You can't put your emphasis on water baptism. As, 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 I support water baptism. That's not what I'm saying. People say, you, mean, you don't believe? Yes, you've got to be water baptized. If you're born again, you need to get water baptized. To tell the world you've died to this world and you're coming up a new life. It's testimony, all right? But he says here. He was bruised for our iniquity and his chastisement of his peace was upon him. Our chastisement. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes we healed. He was led. We, we all, we all, I'm sorry, let start my, and we, like him, have gone astray and have turned everyone to his way. And the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. Remember Pilate? Pilate was amazed. He, didn't even, he wouldn't say nothing. The only time he said something is when they say you're the king of the Jews. Why you got to save yourself? They say that I am. And he that heard me heareth the truth. He said, what is true? Pilate asked him, what is true? Very little did he say to the religious leaders after he was, you know, he was, he was arrested. And let's see, verse uh, 8. And he was taken from prison and from justice. What that means is that he was never given a proper trial. They never intended to let him go. This was a mock trial, Lloyd. This was a trial to condemn him, not a trial to find if he's innocent or guilty. Because they knew he wasn't guilty. They couldn't find evidence against him. Even Pilate's wife had a dream. He said, man, you better let this man go. I had a bad things in the dream about him. This is a holy and a just man. Even the, even the pagans knew better than that. And verse 8 says, and he was taken from prison and from judgment. And he who declared his generation, for he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of his people was he stricken. I like that verse. Why was he stricken? For me and you. For everybody all through history. I say it like this, Ray. That is the most important event in historical history. That day Jesus died. Because if Jesus wouldn't have died, Satan could have came and killed every last human being on the planet. If he could have defeated Christ. At the cross. He could have ended life on this planet as we know it. Because there would never be anyone. To come and pay that price again. Never. When I see people call themselves. We're talking about. Little gods. And I'm like Jesus. I'm a Jesus. And I am a little God. And I said you ain't even a little man. Come on please be for real. Now, any Christian could have died. They say. 
for the sins of the world. Jesus said, I am. He said, I am too. Copeland said. You know what I said? I would turn him off. I wouldn't send him a nickel. Because he's a liar. Satan told the same thing of Eve in the Garden of Eden. He said, the God don't want you to know the day you eat thereof, you can become like God. Right? Wasn't that the same lie that Kenneth Copeland was telling his followers? I'm God. Well, he calls it, I'm a little God. Keep himself home. But I said, I told, I told my wife, I said, if Jesse Duplantis is a little God, why he didn't go on, on Grand Island, stand on the end, of a, uh, the end of that island and say, go in the name of Jesus. You know why? Because he can't. Could stop that storm. I mean, if he, if he was really afraid, maybe. But he says it himself. I'm a little God. Where were you, Jesse? Why did he go empty every hospital? Speak those things that are not as you. And I know there's a balance to that. I, I believe in that. I believe it's time we could stand up for the, with the word. Say, Lord, I'm claiming this. Why don't we clear every hospital? Hey, we got some people in that graveyard. Well, we ought to call them and come and say, hey, how about he don't come? If you're God, calling people back to life. How about he don't come? You know why? Because you can't do it. You can't do it. Because the power is not in man. It's in God. All right, I'm almost finished. <laughs> and he, and who, he will declare his generation. For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people, he was stricken. And they made him a grave with the rich. Or the wicked, I'm sorry. But with the rich at his death. Because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. This is the point I want to make out. And it pleased the Lord to do what? You know why it pleased the Lord to bruise him? Because the Lord had no other way. <laughs> and when Jesus, my God, when Jesus died on that cross, God said, it is finished. Man has a chance now. He don't have to die in his sins anymore. He can find peace with God. I feel the presence of the Lord. Amen. Close your Bible. I thank you, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, for your peace. I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for what Jesus did at Calvary. I thank you for the mercy of the love of Jesus. Amen. I thank you for the grace of God.